Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Talk about a statement win for the Dallas Cowboys, 40 to nothing. And we'll talk about four winners, and there were plenty more, and two losers. And I struggled to find those two losers. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Hey. And you guys, hit the like button for me. What's up? Sometimes I do that. It's a force of habit, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but let's let's pretend that didn't happen. But ladies and gentlemen, what a night Sunday night was. And what a night for the NFL Monday night is being so far. Aaron Rodgers out for Monday night football. Some people fear an Achilles tear. Some people fear something lesser than that. But so far, all we know is that the X-rays are negative. I know that this is not a Jets show, but the Cowboys do play the Jets next week, and it's going to be a huge game. Aaron Rodgers might not be playing in that game. Uh, obviously, nothing is official yet, but it did seem serious. Ruled out for the game after X-rays, even though they were negative. So, I don't know, but things are not looking good for the Jets right now. But tonight, we will stick... With the Cowboys game, we will stick with none other. Oh, I have not changed the overlay. This is a this is a slow start for me. Something that we did not necessarily see from the Cowboys uh, on Sunday night. This is the overlay for tonight's show. Just wow. That's how I felt about Sunday night's game. I'm sure you guys did as well. 40 to nothing. And you look at the opening drive, and it was pretty similar to what we witnessed last Thanksgiving. The Cowboys were, the Giants, excuse me, were just pounding the rock up the middle, 10 offensive plays, only one drop back for Daniel Jones, and it was for a screen pass. So they were executing the avoid Michael Parsons at all costs game plan, the Giants were. That came to an end when... Pretty much right away, Juan J. Thomas blocks the first field goal attempt. The Cowboys score a touchdown. Six to nothing. The Cowboys fire back with a field goal. Nine to nothing. And now the Giants are in. I should throw the football territory. And it's game over from there. Look at this crazy stat, which in my opinion tells you everything that you need to know about the game and how the Cowboys orderly dominated the Giants. Think about this number. Seven different Cowboys hit Daniel Jones. 
five different Cowboys got a sack on Daniel Jones. And then another six players had a tackle for a loss and five had pass deflections. That's one part of the story. Now consider this. Michael Parsons, sure, he's great. A lot of double teams thrown his way. That doesn't matter for him. Six pressures in total for the game. Dorrance Armstrong also had six pressures. Ozo Dijisua had four of them. Same as Chauncey Goldston. Dante Fowler had another four. Sam Williams had three QB pressures. Demarcus Lawrence had the same number. And then on top of those guys that I just mentioned, add another five Cowboys players that had at least one quarterback pressure. If you ask me for the first winner or the biggest winner of the game, I got to start with the entire pass rush unit. And some of that is also the linebackers from last night, like Leighton Banderesh recorded QB pressures. So it's not only edge rushers or defensive linemen, but we entered this season with high hopes for the Cowboys defense. And I remember at one point in the offseason, we talked about, can this unit be better? And we went position by position. We looked at the paper and the paper said, yes, they can be better. But our logic was they were already top three last season in EPA. They led the NFL in pressure rate. Can they really improve upon that? They showed us on Sunday night that they can. Now, I'll grant you this. The Giants have a bad offensive line. So can we overreact and can we take away that the Cowboys are the greatest defense of all time out of week one? No, no, we cannot. But I don't think this was the Giants suck only. I don't think that's what happened on Sunday night. It was a special performance from the Cowboys. They didn't allow anything. And it's what we've been talking about all offseason long. The Cowboys have crazy depth up front. The Cowboys have a great secondary. And Micah Parsons finding a way to beat those double teams because I think that's a big, big development for Dallas moving forward. We, and he talked about it last year even. Micah Parsons was out there saying, you know what, I'm rushing the passer, but I'm doing it physically, athletic, athletically. I'm not out there rushing the passer with a game plan. And Micah is still developing that. If Sunday night was a glimpse into what that can look like, holy smokes. Because Micah was out there getting double teams, but getting the pressure in spite of that. And there were times last year that, as good as Micah Parsons is, there were some times that he was a little bit slowed down with those double teams. And let's see what that, uh, how that develops in 2023. And don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about being neutralized with double teams. I'm talking about being slowed down. On Sunday, he was not slowed down at all, even with the double teams. It's just a the, that next step that we've been talking about for Micah and that Mike McCarthy talked about since last year, that Micah needed to make that step, and he is showing it so far. Uh, Marcus Jones says, Micah Parsons is number one for me if we're talking about the winners. And yeah, Micah could be number one. I'm just going to bundle them all together into one group. I'm going to talk about the pass rushers here, and they're going to be my number one winner for the game. I don't know if you see, saw this, but... According to next-gen stats, the Cowboys pressured the Giants in 62% of dropbacks. 
According to Mike McCarthy, it was 75%. They might have different ways of measuring a pressure and stuff. But per next-gen stats, that 62% figure is the fourth highest pressure rate in a game since 2019. This team is so special, man. And you got to love what they're doing so far. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, here in the chat. Uh, welcome, everyone, into the show. Now that I've finished my rant, I can read some of your comments. Uh, I hate that I don't get the timing of the video for some reason. My software is is uh, malfunctioning right now, and I don't get how many people are on the chat right now or on Facebook. But still, I appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate you so much for being here. Clayton Lockhart says, what's up, Mo? Just smashed that like button. Uh, Mike McCarthy says, Toxic Tom is my number one winner. This is his team, the Alpha. And I have some thoughts on that too, because I agree with, with uh, Toxic Tom. Tanya says, Parsons was tripled team a couple times and he broke loose. That sack where he draws the double team, makes contact with, with each of them, and then he kind of hovers horizontally for like a split second and then just goes from zero to 100 miles per hour to get right in Daniel Jones's face. He is just insane. He's just otherworldly. Is the only word you can describe Michael Parsons as. I remember watching the Thursday night kickoff with, between the Lions and the Chiefs, and I was laughing when Chris Collinsworth was talking about Patrick Mahomes saying. Who is this alien? Look at this alien do stuff. And we know that Mahomes is a crazy athlete himself. But that's how I think of Micah, man. That's how exactly how I think of Micah. This guy is not an Earthsman. He cannot be a human. No, sir. Let's see here. Parsons is unbelievable, says Russell. The biggest winner is Cowboys fans, says Bruce. Eddie Logan talking about the Jets matchup. I'll save some thoughts about that towards the end of the show, because I do want to talk about it. Uh, but obviously, if there is no Aaron Rodgers for the Jets, it's a must-win game for the Cowboys, no matter how good the Jets' defense is. Like, there is no excuse to go against the Jets at home with no Aaron Rodgers and that offensive line and lose that game. There is no excuse for that, in my opinion, even if the NFL is tough and everything. Uh, in my opinion, the Bills... Shouldn't struggle to win this game in the second half. Obviously, they're up uh, by seven near the end zone right now. Uh, it's fourth down, so we'll see what happens there. But it should be a win. It should be a win for the Cowboys. Anyways, who's your winner of Sunday night's game? Let me know in the chat. Who is one winner for you other than Micah Parsons and the pass rush? Who is one winner that you want to talk about tonight? Because I've got another three winners that I want to get to. And man, oh man, let's talk a little bit about one of the Dan Queen projects that broke out on Sunday night. Let's talk about Marquise Bell. Marquise Bell. This guy, <laughs> this guy led the Cowboys in stops for Pro Football Focus's numbers. Marquise Bell was out there after being tasked with playing linebacker duties for the first time, even though he was a safety last year, even though he worked 
in the offseason, mostly as a safety. He was asked by the Cowboys, hey, man, we're dealing with some injuries. Do us a favor and play some linebacker for us. 29 snaps from the box. And Marquise Bell had the most tackles in the game, tied with Leighton Vanderesh for six. Led the team in stops. And he did all of that in just 44% of the defensive snap counts. I don't know how much Marquise Bell plays in a game where Donovan Wilson is active, which he wasn't, obviously, on Sunday night. I don't know exactly what the defense looks like with Wilson on the field and what it means for Marquise Bell's snaps and Andre Thomas' snaps. I don't know what it means for, for him in that way, but I do know that he was asked to be on the field and he delivered. He looked so comfortable at the linebacker position because he was essentially playing as a linebacker, man. He, he, he was... He played 29 out of like 31 or 32 defensive snaps. He played them uh, in the box. He had one at a corner. He had one in the slot, I think. But Marquise Bell played for the most part in the box. And he was out there making the reads, making the tackles, flowing through traffic very comfortably. And this is the athlete that Dan Quinn loved coming out of Florida A&M. The Cowboys signed as an undrafted free agent. He showed us why. He was one guy that if you knew nothing about football, you would be like, wait a minute, who is number 14? He's having himself a game. I remember in my live stream that I do in Spanish after Cowboys games, somebody was like, who, who is number 14? I'm not familiar with 14. And I offered the whole context and everything. But Marquise Bell had such a good game that you got to wonder if he's going to fight for snaps, even at, even when Donovan Wilson is back, uh, there were some plays where the Cowboys had four safeties on the field. And I say that with a little bit of an asterisk, with a little bit of a grain of salt, because we can say that the Cowboys had four safeties on the field, but ultimately, let's remember, the Cowboys are looking at Bell as a linebacker in many of these plays. So had to be included to me. He's the breakout player of the game. He's going to fight for more snaps moving forward. And I hope that this wasn't a one-game thing. Uh, we have reason to believe otherwise. So good stuff. Good stuff from Marquise Bell. Let's see some of your answers, though, right now. Bell for Gregory. Tanya goes with Trayvon Diggs as a winner. And I love that answer. Trayvon Diggs did have two plays that led to a turnover. He forced a fumble near the end of the game when the Cowboys were already up 40 to nothing, took that football, gave it to his son, Aiden Diggs, who had asked him for an interception football. So Trevon Diggs did not fully deliver on that promise, but he did give uh, Aiden Diggs a stolen football, which in his own words is good enough in his opinion. Let's see Toxic Tom. He says, Mo, at least Jones wasn't the worst New York City quarterback in week one. That is so uncalled for, man. <laughs> gotta respect Toxic Tom. He is living up to his username. He's gotta respect it. Uh, Hype Auditor says, oh, that's a good name. That's a good username. I like Juan J. Thomas and Marquise Bell. Hype Auditor, let me tell you something. Number three on my winner's list is also Juan J. Thomas. 
Juan J. Thomas is here to be a weapon for the Cowboys. And he was responsible for the Cowboys' 9-0 swing, or at least he sparked it because the Giants were about to go up 3-0, blocked the field goal, gave us an idea of what John Fassel had been talking about for a long time, about Juan J. Thomas being a special, special teams player. But it was not only on special teams. That's how it got started. He had a big-time tackle in the first two drives of the game near the line of scrimmage, making the stop. He had one pass deflection. He was out there flying throughout the entire field. And hear me out. Juan J. Thomas played in 58% of the special team snaps, which is a very high number. I think there were about three players that had higher snap counts, but that's not the point. Juan J. Thomas is out there proving that he's going to be active on game day pretty often. I had him as a a projected inactive earlier in the week because I was trying to put it together and I was like, hey, if Lewis is practicing, I guess I'm going to make Juan J. the inactive player. I don't know how the Cowboys are going to make that happen moving forward because I think they are going to want to have Juan J. Thomas at the ready for special teams. Has to be a winner out of last night's game. Has to be in there. Has to be included. Juan J. Thomas, very special guy, and finally got to prove it in a regular season game. Let's see some of your comments, though, here really quickly. For real hype, they both played a huge part in the game, says Stevie Mac. Hey, I had not seen you, Stevie Mac, in a long time in the chat. I love that you're here. Welcome into primetime. Welcome back into primetime. Shout out to you, sir. Happy to see you pop up in the chat. Made my day. Uh, Marquis Bell's Iceberg Slim was the fastest player on the field last night for both teams. Shish. I, Iceberg, I don't know if you are if you are like taking, if you are concluding it by the eye test or if there are actual numbers behind it, but I fully believe you anyways. You know what I mean? I'm with you. Marquis Bell was flying, flying out there. But if this is like proved by next gen stats or something, let me know because I'm really curious at this point. I am curious. Let's see what you guys have to say. Angel says the whole offense line the, the the whole offensive line excuse me that played last night is a winner Ooh, i love this by angel chuma doga had a decent game in my opinion too uh mike mccarthy said it best after the game he said if you're not hearing chuma's name being called then everything's good right if you're not hearing the guy's name on the sidelines for either penalties or just bad plays then you're good And I think that Chuma did a good job stepping in for Tyler Smith. There was one play that obviously people are going to talk about. Tyler Vyadish getting demolished by Dexter Lawrence. I will just say this. Consider that Dexter Lawrence is quite literally one of the best defensive linemen out there in the NFL. Especially on the inside. Like, he's really good. So, I got to hand it to him. The, The other team also plays the game. So, some credit there for them. So we are now three winners in, and keep in mind, I would have included so much more, so many more winners, but you got to put a cap on this list at, at some point. But it was difficult to limit 
this for uh, about Sunday's game. It was difficult to limit the winners, and it was difficult to come up with two losers. So I hope you guys are not disappointed on who I had as my losers. But anyways, number four winner, and I could have gone with so many more people, but I wanted to mention him, Cavante Turpin. I'm going to go with a winner for Cavante Turpin. You know I'm a Cavante Turpin skeptic. You know I am. I'm going to eat all the crow I need to eat if it's necessary. But it's a big year from him. The Cowboys want to see more from him. The Cowboys want to see him on offense. And he had three rush attempts, one of which went into the end zone, touchdown for Turpin on a, as a running back because he was lined up out of the backfield. This is what Mike McCarthy said about that after the game. He said, it's a conscious effort just trying to get him the football. I think it's important also to get young players involved. And I consider Turpin a young player. A lot more. Uh, I mean, Turpin needs Turpin needs to show a lot more. And the Cowboys want him to do it. But to me, he's a winner out of last night's game. Because we saw him be involved in a regular season game. We saw him get those designs. Uh, McCarthy said that some throws are coming out of that personnel package with Cavante on the back. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. But for now, enjoy the touchdown, Cavante Turpin, because you got it. Big moment from the game, even if it happened late, even if the game script was already in the garbage can by then. Uh, but it was interesting and a message from the Cowboys coaches that they want to see Cavante Turpin take that next step. So to me, he's one of my winners too. Marcus says, I put Turpin in my winner slot. I agree. Bosch loves Turpin's is Toxic Tom. Let's see here. Dexter freaking Lawrence is Toxic Tom. Yeah, you got you to gotta respect him. He's going to make some plays. He's got to make some plays. Let's see here really quickly, though. Has anything else been tossed out about Aaron Rodgers? Not yet. So we're pretty much in the same situation that we were when the live stream began. Let's see. I think it's time for us to get into the losers here. Do you have any losers? Do you have any losers out of what was a fantastic game? Let me know in the chat. Let me know if you have any losers out of last night's game. Because I've got two things on my list. But I got to admit, with one of them at least, I'm cheating a little bit. So I'm going to start with... The tight ends. I'm going to start with Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. Now, listen. They had some moments as blockers, and I'm not going to take away that from them at all because they they had some good stuff, man. They they The 25-yard run from Tony Pollard was made possible because of the three tight ends, literally. Like, Hendershot made a block. Luke Schoonmaker made a block. Jake Ferguson made a block. So, got to hand it to them. In that sense, their games were not bad at all. Other than that, no team dropped more footballs in the NFL than the Cowboys in, in week one of the season. And three of those four drops were from the tight ends. Two from Jake Ferguson, two for, one for uh, Peyton Hendershot, excuse me. And the timing of the drops was pretty unfortunate, too. Hendershot dropped one in the end zone, and Jake Ferguson dropped that uh, dropped one on third and eight 
on what would have been a first down in the red zone. Those are no-nos for your tight ends. And you're moving on from Dalton Schultz, and I know that Dalton Schultz was not really an elite-level tight end, but I don't know if he has any of those three drops. And I'm not saying that he never dropped a football, but all I'm saying is this group of tight ends needs to be better. And we talked about how Luke Schoonmaker was the third-team tight end before the game on the unofficial depth chart, and we talked about is that something that's real? Is it just a message for the rookie that, hey, you have not earned anything yet? What does it really mean? It ended up meaning that he was indeed the number three guy because he had about 10 reps less, fewer than, than Hendershot did. But that could change. That could change quickly, man. That can change very quickly for the Cowboys' tight end depth chart. I could see Screenmaker eating up those Hendershot snaps. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think that Jake Ferguson is well, hmm, is solidified as a number one tight end is what I'm trying to say. But Schoonmaker can become the number two guy pretty quickly if this is the kind of play that we're going to be getting from the tight ends. And I'm not even going to say that they suck or anything like that, but it's just the inconsistencies that the Cowboys might find moving forward at the tight end position. They got to be somewhat of a concern. Now, Dallas was number one in the red zone last year, and that was in big part thanks to your tight ends. Because we had the 13 personnel stuff. We had the 12, 14 personnel even. We started calling them the four, the four horsemen and all that. If the Cowboys start going down a little bit in terms of red zone performance, how much is that going to have to do with the tight ends if they don't step it up? So. It's, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think that's the one position that you can really list as a loser out of Sunday night's game. But it's still too early. Nothing to panic about. But yeah, I would agree. And the chat seems to agree. So I asked you about your losers. And Tanya says the tight ends. Stevie Mack says losers, the tight ends for sure. Bruce is Ferguson or Hendershot, but even that feels nitpicky. And I agree with that. Uh, Gregory says Hendershot. Russell says the tight end's not good. Let's see here. Uh, Kicker suspect, suspect says Dexter Williams. And Travis also said, like, Aubrey, just for the one miss, he did bounce back. Not So not true if that counts. I thought about adding Brandon Aubrey as well. But ultimately decided against it. You know, missed the first extra point. Made another three, had two extra, uh, two field goal, uh, two field goals, excuse me. So gonna give him some leeway, but you don't want to see him miss an extra point in his NFL debut. First attempt, there was weather involved, rookie nerves, maybe. I'm gonna give him a pass, but I'm also not confident on the whole Brandon Aubrey situation right now. Now, one more loser that I have, and let me start with this disclaimer. It's, nitp it's nitpicky. I know that it's not because of them, but the game script and how things happened. But I'm not even going to go with the offense. I'm just going to go with the offensive stat sheet. Don't look at me. The Cowboys made it impossible to find legit losers in this game. But I guess... 
I guess that the offense didn't get to show off on Sunday night. That's all that I'll say. They had some cool moments. 75-yard drive out of halftime for the touchdown. But no one showed off. And that's fair. Again, this is not me saying that the offense had a bad game or anything like that because I don't even believe that. But it was a game where Dak didn't pass for over 200 yards because he didn't need to for the most part. CeeDee Lamb was the only receiver with over 30 yards. He had 77 for the night. But no one else reached 30. Even Tony Pollard had like 70 rushing yards. Again, they didn't even need to do this stuff. And Mike McCarthy said that, you know, at some point in the game, they had the lead, the weather got worse. So it was, let's go back to the weather plan. And that probably means like a lot of ball control stuff, not a lot of risk taking. They just kept it easy and cruised to a 40 to nothing win. So I'm not going to hold anything against the offense, but I will say, they didn't show off because they didn't get to show off. They didn't get the opportunity to do it. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. The biggest loser, says Toxic Tom, is New York City professional sports. That's a rough, rough couple of games at MetLife Stadium. You're a Giants fan. Go to the stadium. Watch them get whooped. 40 to nothing. You go on Monday night as a Jets fan. You watch Aaron Rodgers go down on what could be a season-ending injury. We don't know. We know that the x-rays came back negative. We know that there are some fears for an Achilles injury. Other than that, it's all up in the air. The Cowboys play the Giants next Sunday, so it's a big storyline to follow. But so far, all that we know is that he's not coming back on tonight's game. He has been ruled out as the Giants lead, as the Bills, excuse me, lead the Jets 13-3. to Cowboy Chris with a great comment right here. Cowboy Chris says, we walked away injury-free mostly in bad weather. That's a big W. That is true. And I had not even thought about that. That's a big win for Dallas, for sure. Some more notes, some more notes that we could get into I don't think that we learned a lot about the new Mike McCarthy offense. We saw some cool stuff. Uh, the opening touchdown was scored on... Wait, it wasn't a, a touchdown display, was it? They ran mesh. They ran mesh, and I loved it. I absolutely did love it. Um, when they targeted C.D. Lamb towards the left side of the field. I need to rewatch that and take some more notes because they ran mesh at that point, and I loved it personally. But other than that, I don't think that we got to see a lot of the Mike McCarthy new wrinkles. But again, because the game script didn't really allow for any of it, but we did get to see a significant decision from McCarthy, in my opinion, and that's you get the football back with under two minutes left to go on the first half. And Mike McCarthy's thinking touchdown right away. He's asking for the timeout before the Giants hand him the ball. They're asking for the timeout. Dak Prescott runs play action, targets Michael Gallup on the deep throw. Didn't end up happening. They didn't connect. But it's that mentality that you want to see. It's that mentality that you want to see. Uh, Big Mike might not have to open his playbook up to two weeks in a row 
says uh, Stevie Mack. And hey, if Aaron Rodgers does not play next week, I I am with Stevie Mack. It could be a slight advantage moving forward. Katharina says, I don't think there was any loser. I think it was an awesome game. We kicked ass. 40-point differential. You don't see those a lot in the NFL. And I was trying to make this point earlier, too, on Twitter. I was like, man, this could have happened against the Arizona Cardinals, who are projected to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, and it still would have called for a celebration. That's how impressive the game was. Marcus says, all I know is that Dan Quinn defense is on point. Super impressed. I want to go back. I haven't gotten the all 22. Hoping to get it tomorrow morning. Because I want to sit down. And I want to chart every defensive front that the Cowboys showed the Giants. Because that sack that Ozo Diyasuwa had happened on a tight end. Micah was inside. Oza was out there wide. Not that Dan Quinn has not done crazy stuff like this before, but you love to see it. It's just fun football to watch. There was this slight play that Micah made too, and and I was a little bit proud about it because we've been talking about exploiting the rookie center for all week long, John Michael Smith. And there was one where Micah was lined up to the right shoulder of the center. And the center is obviously going to get him. And Micah just moves horizontally so fast. Like, he attacks his left side shoulder, even though he's lined up on the other side. And it's a smooth move from Micah Parsons. But John Michael Smith does not stand a chance when Micah pulls it off on him. And those little things... It's not, it's not even like a creative pressure design. It's just Micah running a stunt on the, on the center, but a basic stunt. It, I don't remember even like anyone else being involved in it. He's just crossing his face and attacking his opposite shoulder, but he catches him off guard, and Micah gets the pressure in. Pretty cool stuff. Kevin says, you've seen our offensive line. Remember that next man up take, says Kevin. And yeah, man, Chuma, Chuma stepped up for sure. Uh, Patrick says, that's supposed to say Micah Parsons is a savior for that defense because he made this comment up here. That's what the number one defense in the NFL will do do to you. It will shut you down. I'm buying all of the stock on what is already an overpriced defense, but I don't care. I'm buying all of the stock. That's how good the Cowboys look like on Sunday night. Uh, Toxic Tom, have you gone to the doctor about your headaches? They've gotten better, fortunately. They really have. Uh, it was about two days when when I didn't do the show, if you remember that, uh, about two weeks ago. But fortunately, all is well. Thank you for asking, though, Toxic. I appreciate you, man. All is good right now. So, whoo-wee, there's a lot more that we need to get into, and I'm sure that we will later on the week. Uh, it's going to be a fun, fun week, too, versus the Jets. Looks like, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers will not be playing, and I say that with all sincerity. I would have liked to see the Cowboys play the Aaron Rodgers Jets. I hate that the Aaron Rodgers injury happened just now. Not what we want as NFL fans. Never going to be happy about 
a contending team, losing a player like that. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight, though. Hope that you guys have a fantastic night. There's a lot that we're going to get into tomorrow night. We're going to get into those nitty-gritty details. But just to recap right now, four winners. Cowboys pass rush at number one. Marquise Bell at number two. Really break a real breakout game for him. Juan J. Thomas at number three. And then Cavante Turpin at fourth. And then the two losers to me are the tight ends, Jake Ferguson and Henry Shot, and then the offensive production just from a statistic standpoint. You got to add them. You got to add them. And I'll say one more thing, though, before we get out of here. Noah showed up some speed uh, on that return. And I'll say this. The last time that the Cowboys returned a blocked field goal for a touchdown was in 2007. Here's a list of things that did not exist back then. Jerry World, the iPad, Justin Bieber's career, Uber, Instagram, Tesla vehicles, A to Z sports did not exist back in 2007. <laughs> Just wanted to, that, that was a fun write-up that I had during the game after the 16-0 first quarter. Just wanted to share it with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Tomorrow night, hopefully, we have some additional notes about the game. I'm going to dive into the old 22 tomorrow morning. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Share the show if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you so much. Nos vemos mañana. Bye-bye.